Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Unspoiled, episode 343, day one of wrap-up week. In this episode, Brendan and I will begin to scratch the surface of the crazy theories about the Song of Ice and Fire books, and we answer some of your questions. Welcome to Unspoiled. Hey! Hey! Did you, did you like this chap? Yeah, this is a really good chapter. Oh, it's so quick. It was so easy many to POVs. read. Um, the books are over. Yep. But we're still here. We will be here till the end of time. Shambling corpses with <laughs> blue eyes and black hands. Um, so we got so much feedback. And like compared to what many very popular podcasts get i'm sure it wasn't really that much but the theories that go along with this book Mm -hmm. it's like people are linking to other theories and they're linking to reddits and subreddits and westeros.org and it's like going down a rabbit hole like there were a couple of them that i seriously could have been reading for the next two days on just the one theory so are we are we down the road? It's the crazy hole? pants. We're not going down today. Today we're going to begin digging the hole. Um, but I wanted to start us off slow and easy. All right. Uh, so there's some feedback that wasn't actually questions, but I just wanted to read it because they're nice. Would you call these comments? I guess so. Sure. I want to say it's like reviews, but people aren't leaving them on iTunes because they don't well, have iTunes and stuff. Well then. Wow, what a douchebag. <laughs> All right, so the first just... one is from John Hood. <laughs> what? You were like, "Uh, no, you don't get to respond to nope. that." And we go. <laughs> he says, "Greetings from Alaska." Hello. Hi John. Your podcast is great. I wish I could rate it, but I don't use iTunes. I really enjoy the back and forth and the commentary. I'm with you, Brendan. There needs to be a riot, at least to allow the tension to boil over. That's right. I also agree with Brendan. I think that Danny's burns are not fire burns, but friction. Think of it as rope burns. Anyways, I like keep up guy. the good work. Oh, he just ran into agree with me. You know what? I take it back. See? See, he lives in Alaska. So don't you feel like such a douchebag now? Yeah, you do. Listen, I'm giving this guy a pass, not everybody. Oh, shit. He clearly lives in a, a, a far-off land where they value privacy and security. Oh, shit. <laughs> living far oh. from other humans, so I understand his reluctance to use iTunes. 
Um, the next was from Matt Bell. And he uh, he writes, hello, you might want to consider reordering your episodes into POV packages to sell on Bandcamp. What? All the John chapters, etc., perhaps followed by a special pay-only character analysis episode. What? That's an interesting idea. I would be very interested to see if anybody actually uh, w- would like to buy something like that. Well, this guy, for one. Well, clearly he would. Well, that's not even true, because a lot of people voted for me to do the Walking Dead graphic novels for Gilded Eagle, and they're not selling, so... That was a practical joke I set up. You're a douche. Um... And he basically goes on to say, I can't promise it'll make money, but we'll certainly increase your exposure given the number of people Googling Jon Snow's package. Good good thing that Varys never gets a POV. The idea now sounds less clever given that you're so close to finishing A Dance with Dragons. There would likely be too little time to promote it on the podcast for it to be profitable, perhaps worth a consideration. Anyway, love the show and wish the other books were available for your commentary. Cheers. P.S. The P.S. is longer than the actual body of the message. As it should be. Build a letter like a pyramid. (laughs) In regards to the, quote, gay Brendan presumption. Oh, boy. Let's call it the grand gay Brendan conspiracy, considering (laughs) that all of the other conspiracies for these books start with the grand. I like grand. Let me first state I am pro-gay. When I first listened to your podcast, Dunkin' Egg Episodes, I immediately presumed Brendan openly gay. My views changed by the second Dunkin' Egg podcast when I assumed that he was not only in the closet gay, <laughs> but also faking a crush on Natasha to cover up his secret. Hey, hey, nobody has to fake a crush on me, sir. That does not need to happen. It is just an automatic thing, and it happens to everybody, and it's involuntary. It's like gravity. Thanks for defending yourself only. By the time I... Yeah, I don't care about you. By the time I finished the Dunkin' Egg podcast, I had become annoyed at how much effort he was putting into the ruse (laughs) and almost became worried for Natasha in fear that she would someday fall for him and eventually be crushed whenever he finally emerged. I say almost because I quickly realized that she probably saw through all of his bull faster than I did. Now now that I have listened to most episodes twice, I finally realize that Brennan is simply unaware that he is gay because he's attracted to women instead of men. Kind of like autism spectrum disorder, where you only need to exhibit a certain percentage of all the potential symptoms. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) And then he writes, just kidding. I suspect people assume he's gay because they subconsciously associate his voice and speech pattern with the gay redhead from Modern Family. I don't know that don't reference know that at either. all. The resemblance is so similar that in my mental image of your conversations, wow, I sound cr- kind of creepy there, don't I? <laughs> you succeeded I, before this, by the way. <laughs> I picture the Modern Family redhead talking to Natasha, who for some reason resembles the queen from Final Fantasy VIII. Wow, congratulations. This is extremely extremely specific hold on i'm googling queen from final fantasy 8 yeah i uh i don't i don't know what to think about that i just want to know if like his friend from elementary school is there but doesn't look like his friend but definitely is and then his mom comes in part way wait what it it seems like he's having a fever dream while he's listening (laughs) to us all right so the next one is from owen donnelly uh, whose name is spelled E-O-I-N, but he very conveniently told me how to pronounce it at the end of the letter. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I would, would have not been... have known what to say there at all. Aoin. 
He says, hey all, first things first, congrats on getting through all five existing Song of Ice and Fire books. The fact that you guys have made 330 plus podcasts based off this series is insane. Insane. Yeah. I've been listening to you guys for so long, I think I'm starting to talk like Natasha sometimes. Now that it's all said and done, I thought some quick fire questions would be a good way to sum up for both of you. And he has 10 questions about favorite things from the books. One, favorite character. Uh, are these supposed to be quick fire questions? Yeah, go, go, uh, go. Uh, varies? Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but it's the first thing I thought of. Oh, uh, God. Who would mine be? Quick fire. Roose Bolton. Oh, all right. Favorite house? Uh, my house. <laughs> Um, I don't. I like the Martells. Yeah, that's a pretty cool it's house. Like a lot of fun, and uh, it's a house of women, which I appreciate. That's true. Uh, and then yeah, you like like the Starks. You like, but you wouldn't want to hang out with them. I want to hang out with some Starks. Not all of them. I though. think that they'd be a body crew. Sure. Well, you could, you want to hang out with the Great Johns, I think. Yeah, the Umbers. That would be the house. You're like, can we rip some antlers off something and eat what stuck to them? Oh, that makes me think of. Uh, if any of you have seen the high school version of Game of Thrones that's on YouTube, um, they introduce the different houses and the Baratheons are total bros and they like basically chest bump each other in their varsity jackets and go, Baratheons! And that is the only reason I've ever liked the Baratheons is because of that YouTube video. <laughs> you like their frat boy sensibility. Yeah. And I think maybe I would dig the uh, the Umbers for that as well. Yeah, they definitely have a sort of a frat boy slash Grizzly Adams situation happening. I'd like to think that I'm like an elegant feminist type like the Martell women, but I really do think that I'd just be more of a Liana Mormont type. Or not Liana. Uh, what's the one? The bear. Oh. She bear. There were like a few of them. I don't remember any of their names. I'm terrible. Uh, favorite scene. That's a really tough one. I would say for me... Arya killing the tickler is like so awesome. Ah, but the John saying fetch me a block is super satisfying. Hmm. She's uh I don't know. Either of those I think though. Those are really good. Uh I'm gonna go uh Littlefinger's reveal and shoving uh what's her face Ooh. out of the Yuri. Yeah, good call. Just because it's at that point you're just like, What is happening? Yeah, that was bonkers. Okay, uh, favorite George R. R. Martin line? Um, Maps and men called it what's-its-face. That is not true at all. Uh, I don't know. I want to say it's stuck up like a fat pink mask. <laughs> but... um, I'm trying to think of a favorite line. I don't really... I love the line that Barrison Selmy has when he's thinking about how mud is... You could use mud to cool a fever. You could plant seeds in it and grow food for your family mud was nourishing whereas fire would only consume you but fools and children would choose fire every time i love that line it's so true i hope to i hope i'm learning (laughs) am i learning um yeah so (laughs) i like the idea that that line goes on until barris and selmy sounds crazy where he's like (laughs) Mud can soothe the fever and grow crops, and you can eat it if you're hungry and talk to it in a rainstorm. <laughs> so you don't have one? Uh, one I'm sure will come to me. It's probably something to do with like fucking, uh, 
just something insane, like Victorian Greyjoy be like, and then he burnt all seven people for no particular reason. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just jump back for a second, and uh, Owen says that his favorite character is Stannis. His favorite house is House Stark. His favorite scene is King's Landing riot from oh, Clash of Kings. I do like riots? He likes riots, and his favorite line is. Tur- um, Tyrion could not have been more surprised if Aegon the Conqueror himself had burst into the room riding a dragon and ju- juggling lemon pies about when Cersei started crying in front of him in Clash of Kings. <laughs> I like that. That's a good image. Tyrion does have some good bits. Yeah. He's got some really annoying bits. Sure. That you're just like, hey, you're not as clever as you think and I want to slap you. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> um... So you want me to skip that one for you for now? Uh, favorite line? Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Favorite book? Clash. Uh, no, what's the third one? Storm of Swords. Yeah, that for one. sure. Me too. He says for his Feast for Crows, love Brienne and Jamie's travels there. Yeah, I, Feast for Crows had goods, though I do remember specifically deriding Bri- yeah. <laughs> Brienne a lot. Brienne, we ride through the rain and look at some turnips. and. I mean, that was post-Jamie, so. True. Um. But uh, yeah, there's good. There's just so much stuff in uh, Feast for Crows that wasn't anything. Yeah. Um, one thing you can't believe happened and never saw coming. I Littlefinger claiming credit for like fucking everything in the first three books. Yeah, like, that, I think I that's fair. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of setup for that, but it was like holy fuck. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of like dragons. Okay, like uh, I feel like there was something that you kept saying was definitely going to happen, and I was like cackling because it totally didn't. But I don't remember what it was now. I um I wasn't as shocked as other people when Ned was killed. So that one didn't get me as much. But the red wedding, even though I should have seen it coming, I didn't. I should have, and if I was reading it this slowly, I probably would have. Yep. But. I was just plowing through it, and when it actually happened, I just like I had to stop and reread the line a few times and be like, "This is, injury has to be savable, right? He's got to like be able to live through this." I kept I kept being like, "There's got to be a way," and uh, when it ended with Cat's throat being cut, I just like totally freaked out. Um, yeah, that was crazy. The fake Arya death, like obviously, I was super surprised. Oh yeah, by. that's true. Um. The, but, but like Theon's reappearance is reek. Like I didn't think Theon was dead, but like how he came back, I was like, what? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about like, uh, I guess Gregory saw the red viper. Did you see him losing? I don't remember that. Um, I kind of like, I think I thought he might win because then maybe there'd be a riot, but, um, <laughs> I wasn't like I was surprised when he died, but I wasn't like holy fuck! I like it seemed like it could have happened. Right? They were setting him up so much for like the same thing as what happened in that Bronn fight a book ago, right. where like he was tactical advantage and sneakier and faster and smarter. And I was like, well, they can't just do the same thing twice. Like, uh, Red Viper. I wish he was the one that they brought back to life. Right? <laughs> but he's stupid, so it doesn't do anything. Uh, seven. One thing you saw coming from a mile away. Mm. Mm. 
Oh, Jon Snow getting betrayed at the end of uh, that's this true. Book? You totally saw that. I coming. saw. Yeah, I feel like that was a long time ago. I just. I really feel like I didn't see anything coming because I was reading so fast. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think of something. I don't know. Daenerys. I was like I felt like that was going to turn into a whole pile of crap, but it did. Aww. Um. Who? Uh, I feel like there was someone else who like had a a, a storyline that I felt like was clear that was going to turn into nothing but i can't remember what it was all right good talk yeah thank you (laughs) one thing you will definitely you think will definitely happen next book something oh snap (laughs) slam what a douche right um i have some i have another piece of feedback that'll actually address that but we'll see i was just all right slightly sidebar okay but i was thinking about that last chapter of daenerys that we just read yeah Great first chapter of the next book. Run us through everything. Put us in a place where she's about to make something happen. Yeah, you're right. Like terrible last chapter of this book. But if this was that was the first chapter of Winds of Winter, I'd be like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember everything that happened to Daenerys. Thanks. It's been two years since your last book. You're so right. What editor didn't? Oh man, because they did. Well, oh, we'll get to that. Okay. Um. Oh, for his responses, Owens, he says uh, one thing he can't believe happened and never saw coming was the White Walker attack on the Night's Watch at the start of Storm of Swords. I mean, a zombie bear going nuts is pretty cool. I kind of saw them getting attacked out there, but I mean, I, I kind of figured they would have to, right? Yeah. But, um, and then he says one thing you saw coming from a mile away. I suppose it's got to be Quentin not really amounting to much, right? Uh, <laughs> it did seem obvious. That was almost like it was so. It seemed like so little was being invested in this guy being interesting that you were like, "Yeah, that's a to. good point. That's a very good point." If somebody is not, if their character isn't developed that much, and you're not interested necessarily, it's like he doesn't care because he knows that he's not going to be around for that long. Right. Well, like first, I don't know why I'm thinking this metaphor, but you know, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, that huge guy comes up with a sword and like is waving it around, looks right, dangerous, right, right. and he shoots him in the chest. Yeah. This is like that guy came out and just kind of slumped and was like <laughs> pointing at his chest, like. Yeah. I guess you could shoot me. I don't know. <laughs> I got a gun. If you want to, I got one bullet. It's, There's, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be shocking when I die because I'm not building up that I'm <laughs> amount to anything. And he says one thing that'll definitely happen next book. He says Victorian ain't leaving Slavers Bay alive. Oh yeah, Victorian's going to die. Um, if you could be one character in Song of Ice and Fire, who would you be? I just want to cut back to saying for the next book, I want the mage to show up again because. I'm just, that's the most, like, there is no reason to put that in there if you weren't going to pay it off ever. So what the heck is happening? Um, so what character would you be? What character would I want to be? Yeah. Um, jeez. Not many people have a great. Yeah, I know, right? And am I, all right. So game question for you and I, is it now or like. Anytime. But can you history. make different decisions? Like, can I be like, I want to be Tyrion, but not do X? Like, in book no. two, you have to just... It's got to, yeah. Ride it like a roller coaster. As it coaster. Has happens up till now, at least. Sheesh. Does anyone end up happy in these fucking books? Right? Like, nobody. Uh, I mean, Tommen seems like a good... No, I don't like... I wouldn't want to be a kid. Seems miserable. 
Yeah, Tommen's just, he's got too many crosshairs on him. I wouldn't want to be Tommen. Yeah. I mean, he does spend a lot of time playing with cats, but, uh, you know. Yeah. His mom is Cersei, so that That's rules him out terrible. completely. Uh, 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 bl- a blood raven? <laughs> you really? You want to be sitting in a tree? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how different is that from being in your room on the internet all day? Oh, that's kind of true. Um, though he is like a 200-year-old undead creature that probably has some aches and pains. Yeah, I don't know who I'd actually want to be. I mean, Jakanagar can change his face around and he doesn't That's really true. get hurt. That's kind of cool. That seems like it could be fun. All right. I think I'd want to be a, <laughs> a, a Dolores Ed. <laughs> um. No, who? I don't know. I the only person that I always think of that sounds super hot and is in a great position in terms of uh, being like in a feminist, more feminist society is Ariane Martel. Yeah. Um, and there's no downsides to being super hot, really. But mm. and she's a princess, which is awesome. But she's not that smart. She thinks she's smarter than she is. She's at least not as stupid as Cersei. Sure, yeah, but yeah. But do you get to be yourself once you transform, or do you get dumber if you think you No, I think you just, like, are them. Hey. Yeah. All right. Uh, just for fun, what's the creepiest answer to that question? Because um, I'm like, Craster? Ramsey Bolton? Yeah, those are both pretty bad for <laughs> different reasons. And he responds, Owen says, Arthur Dane. Arthur Dane is dead. Sword of the morning. Doesn't Good, matter. you killed you yourself, can pick whoever. bro. Congratulations. What a douche. <laughs> Last one. Finally, favorite character we only saw once and will never see again. His is Corinne Halfhand's band of merry men, like Squire Dalbridge, fifty years a squire. All the wildlings say he died brave. Um Favorite person only shows up once. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even think of anybody who like fits that description. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, does the guy with the uh, boar, <laughs> the, the guy who dies, who's inside an eagle? Oh, Vermeer Sixskins? Not Sixskins, the uh, Oral or whatever the guy's name is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. I don't know. We have to come back to that. He says, again, mega thanks for me and all your loyal listeners. You guys climbed the unclimbable mountain. Enjoy the view. P.S. Oh. If you guys are looking for a new book, I recommend World War Z. It has lots of zombies. You'd love it. Yeah, I just remembered who I want. What? <laughs> the mage. He only showed up for one chapter. Yeah, that's true. But he says that we'll never see again, and I don't think we will never see yeah, him again. We'll see. He's with Samuel Tarley. It's not going to happen. Mm. No, he left. Did he take Samuel with him? I thought, I thought he did. Yeah, I thought he was like, Samuel, we're, we're going to go take off. Oh, uh, maybe he did. I was pretty sure. See, you don't even remember. Shut well, up. It was a million years ago. It was four pages. And it was like, here's the mage. He's important. Look for him in the next book. So this one is from Charles. I'm sorry, Charles. I don't know how to say this. Aluwunmi? Aluwunmi? Aluwunmi. Okay. It's O-L-U-W-U-N-M-I. <laughs> Hmm. He says, great pod. Wow. <laughs> For wrap up. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Goodbye. Why don't you go through your ideas of what this book series is about? Is it power slash the way people aren't paying attention to things that really matter or something else entirely? Would love to get your ideas. Also, Natasha, do you think it makes more sense from a narrative standpoint that Aegon be fake or real? 
um what are these books about i think it's i honestly think the answer to that is mainly that people are good and bad like each person has the potential within and there is no such thing as just straight up good guys and bad guys great people do awful things and terrible people can do some nice things every now and then right and i think that's compelling and makes for good writing but that's a hugely broad brush for a series like this yeah i'm trying to think because it is definitely like a uh there's an element of like you know i don't want to say like anti-hero but you look at like the things like the sopranos where everyone's like a bad person but they have right. like their own thing which there's an element of that but there's also some really broad strokes in this thing there's so many like thousands of characters yeah and like a lot of them are so small like i think it's just about like building this huge like global scope and uh i don't know i think the main like the moral of the story is that like violence and power will crush anyone (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I see that. I think tying in with the people are good and bad as well as the idea of like you think that you know whether somebody is mostly good or mostly bad, but then you get a POV on them and you're like, oh, I didn't know this person at all, actually. Yeah, for the most part, people have an internal logic that's somewhat reasonable. Yeah. With a couple of Except for Cersei. Uh, Yeah, but Jamie is being the main one for me that I think a lot of people feel the same way is that you start out thinking that he's a total douche which he totally is and then time goes on and as he has to deal with some of the awful things that happens to him it's like not only do you find out that things that he had done in the past that you thought were terrible actually he had a good reason for but he starts to develop into a a person with a more firm moral center which is kind of cool firm moral center chewy and delicious uh there's something about like fatalism though in these books and like kind of how all the families like everyone has these sort of similar outlooks on life. How so? Just that like the fa- like what where you're from like what your family is I feel like informs each character like so much. Um and then having them and I don't know if that's just like writing the idea of like these people actively grew up with each other and like they've informed you know all the starks have some level of being honorable uh moral like somewhat inflexible people though some more so than others okay all the lannisters are like hungry for power all the fucking Greyjoys are like weirdly angry at each other and also <laughs> like hungry for violence like there's this i don't know if it's like a a weird simplification where he's like well if i write a baratheon they're always gonna be like this or if it's like trying to uh have it be somewhat realistic where different groups of people have like different mores and things that are important to them Hmm. i don't know but like we never get a chapter where like a stark character is like yeah this isn't the right thing to do but it's gonna be easier i'm gonna do it anyway like basically never happens yeah Maybe Sansa telling Cersei something, but I think that's debatable. I like also the idea of... There's a line that Jorah Mormont says in the first book, which is the 
common people don't care who sits the Iron Throne. They just pray for rain and a good harvest and a summer that never ends. And I like the idea that this is also partially about the fact that these games and everything are for people who don't have to worry about just surviving their fucking lives, but their choices impact everybody. Yeah, usually through actively or inactively killing hundreds of innocent people. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I think this is maybe this is a sky a skiving indictment on a trickle the feudal down system. Theory. Yeah. Trick what trickles down? Rape and murder. Um so do we think it makes more sense from a narrative standpoint that Aegon be fake or real? I think the presence of the dragons we're talking Oh. You want to know where my brain went? Well, what? to was Aegon the Conqueror an actual historical figure or just the myth Aww. he used to perpetuate Targaryen dominance? You're adorable. Um, uh, but we're talking about Aegon, young, young Griff. Griff's Aegon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's better if he's real. Because if he's, if he's real, there's a conflict there with Daenerys where she's a woman but she has dragons and he's a man and has like some level of claim to the kingship, but does not have dragons and therefore Hmm. doesn't really. Um, It also sets up like a, you know, uh, like a, will the Targaryens go to war with each other? Will they, you know, have an uneasy truce? Will they just like fall in love the second they meet each other? Like, what do you think? Uh, I think Daenerys is going to come in there like, hey, I'm in charge now. Dragons. And everyone's <laughs> going to be like, uh, we had plans. And like, I think she'll have good. I, I'm hoping. I'm so, so hoping that she'll have learned from this fucking fiasco and like have some good ideas and be like fire and blood, you guys. And they're going to be like, oh, we were doing this thing. And she's like, nope, fucking fire and blood. It'll be about them coping with uh, doing things her way. Okay. But, you know, resisting to a degree so that we have some kind of interesting conflict. Hmm. I feel like it makes sense for Aegon to be fake. Because then she gets drawn over to Westeros. She gets pulled into a position where it looks like she's allied with somebody and then, like, finds out that she's been betrayed, which could be betrayed for blood. Which is one of the prophecies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, but if Aegon's fake, because my presumption was that if Aegon is a fake Targaryen, he's still there to take power and like restore the Targaryen name, right? But in so in that case, would he somehow like betray Daenerys and try to kill her to maintain his power? Because he's, I fake? think he'd be outed by accident as being a fake. But how does that damage her? Because then she's like, well, I'm the real one. I don't think it damages her. I just think it would be an interesting conflict. Oh, okay. That's all. I wasn't sure. I thought you were going to be like, she'll come join forces with them and then it'll be like, psych, you're dead. I'm not really Targaryen. All right. So next one is Megan Peterson. Dear Natasha and Brendan. Hello. I've been following your podcast for what seems like forever. Us (laughs) too. Yeah, thanks. Us too. And it's still one of the few that I make sure is on my music player before leaving for the day, so I have some guaranteed awesomeness to listen to. Aw. I'm amazed you managed to survive discussing every single chapter of this book series. Us too. Well, yeah, for sure. 
One of the things I have noticed in George R. R. Martin's writing is his ability to write a character you loathe and then turn them into someone you like or at least pity. There are three characters that really exemplify this. Jamie, Theon, and Cersei. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm not agreeing with that last one. I don't pity her. I think that the punishment that she got is fucked up, but I don't pity her. I think that she needed to be cut down, and I'll take what I can get. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think Cersei... Pro- Okay. I well, I actually I think we already said what I thought my pun the punishment for Cersei should be, which was like being made a silent sister and like right. kept in obscurity. Um and while I don't agree with the death penalty in this world where that is if we take that as a thing, then she should probably be killed for what she's done. Yeah. Um agreed. That being said, I could live without the weird uh, sexual assault that was perpetrated by an entire city. Wait, what? Oh, the, I got you. The yeah. Naked March, which is like super weird and, and uncomfortable. So I did like, I think I. When you felt... started saying sexual assault, I thought you were talking about her and Tana Merriweather. Oh, sure. That was a sexual assault on my reading eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Like I, I think in that moment, and that I felt bad for her, but I don't pity her as a character. She says, "I guess I'm curious what you think of the paths these three characters have taken, and what characters you think he will quote redeem in the future." Ramsay Bolton, Sir Gregor, Victarion, and she says parenthetically, "Well, I think I may be one of the only people who just really loathes Victarion." Theories to discuss. Wait, should we address that at all? Or? All right, sure. Um. There's a couple like I don't want redemption for Ramsey Bolton for Ramsey Bolton or Victarion. Who else was in there? Um, Sir Gregor, who's undead. If he becomes like a weird like Frankenstein, where he's like walking a child by the hand, he's always been a monster. So he's just more of a monster now. Well, maybe like in death, like he'll come back like as a weird, sweet, gentle giant. Maybe. Um, yeah, Ramsey Bolton can suck a dick. I, yeah, I don't want to. It's too far, right? There's no way. There's just. I don't think that there's a way that he could get me to feel bad for Ramsey Bolton. And I'm. I don't usually throw down saying that because he's so ruthless with his writing. But I'm going to say it. I really don't think there's anything he could say. Ramsey Bolton can get flayed and raped and have his head chopped off, and I'd be completely fine with it. Huh. Yeah, I have a tough time imagining a scenario where he is redeemed in some way. Victarion is just such a weird one because it's like, I don't, I don't like Victarion. Obviously, he's like an evil douchebag, but he's so stupid Uh that it's really hard. Like, I'm not saying that he's not responsible for his own choices, but I just feel like he's so thick skulled that it's like not even worth it for me to hate him (laughs) almost you know what i mean like i don't know he's just so dumb i just kind of i'm just like oh of course you're doing something ridiculous and like way over the top alpha macho crazy well my thought with victarion is like it's not that i don't want him to be redeemed because i don't want to like him like it is kind of with a couple of the others Mm -hmm. but 
he is interesting only because he is fucking bonkers. That's yeah, I guess that's true as well. If he starts behaving in a sane fashion where I'm like, I get Victorian, I'm like, I no longer want to read about him because it's not interesting. Yeah, I think that's fair. There, there's something about how he, how matter of fact he is about everything as well. It's just very like, there's, it's just funny. I don't know. Yeah, well, and my thing was like when we first get Victorian, he's like okay, but he's not an exciting character at all. Not really, no. But now that he's like got like ocean madness and like a, a robot hand, I'm like, yeah, okay, Ugh, let's get some more Victorian. Madness. What's happening? Um, and then she says theories to discuss: Is Varys a Blackfire Targaryen? We will get more into that later. I have some some things. I don't know how crazy you want these to be. Like, is Tyrion the bastard son of Ares Targaryen? Have you heard this theory? Have I said this? No, I, I don't think so. Um, so Ares, the Mad King, had his eye on Tywin's wife, mm-hmm. and evidently joked on like Tywin's wedding night that he should get prima nocta. Right, and that. And there's a, a lot of people that think because, uh, because of that, there's a possibility that he raped her or something like this, and that. Tyrion isn't actually Tywin's. And because he does say something like, because I can't prove that you're not mine. Um, That's because he hates him, though. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things people point to. uh, To me, I think it's worse. It's less interesting if Tyrion is a bastard. Okay. Tyrion, he's already a bastard in his father's eyes, as he said. So if he's actually a bastard, then there's no connection with him and the rest of the Lannisters, and that's less interesting than if he's like the weird black sheep. Hmm. Black fire. Yeah. Uh, um, And then, is everyone secretly a merman? Mm -hmm. Answer, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Finally, I want to... Who have we seen take a bath? Cersei. Okay, so she's not a merman. She's not? Why wouldn't a, mer- wouldn't a merman want to take a bath? Yeah, well, then we'd see their fins. Oh, I see. But I figure anyone who I haven't seen submerged in water is a merman until proven otherwise. Okay. I think you mean submerged or immersed, but submersed is yeah. not a word. Sub- submarines are submersible vessels. <laughs> Finally, I want to know who you guys think deserves to win the Iron Throne and what you want to see in the last two books. I'm sad to see you guys be done with Song of Ice and Fire, but really love Breaking Bad, so I can't wait. Ooh. So who do you want seated on the Iron Throne? Nobody. I want it broken down and society rearranged so that the uh, the nobles are torn from their lofty heights and their goods and services are distributed among the free people. So you're a socialist. Sure. Okay. I'm willing to be a capitalist. I just don't want a fucking monarchy anymore. So who's the uh, who's the going to be on the council that rules this? Uh, I figure the um, uh, High Sparrow guy. He's going to be responsible for <laughs> taking the uh, them out of uh, the, you know the actual royals out of power. Okay. Uh, Littlefinger, I think, will make it because you know he's Littlefinger, <laughs> and uh, you know various like merchants varies varies us oh yeah like Littlefinger and varies i think are still have jobs no matter who takes power cheesy they're uh they're bureaucrats they're just very good bureaucrats okay fair how about you um i kind of i kind of like the idea of somebody on the iron throne but still having a king of the north and i would definitely 
have said Jon Snow if it hadn't been for his exceptionally poor leadership at the wall. <laughs> yeah, he would be not a good king of the north. Yeah. So at this point, I don't know who I'd want for king in the north. Wyman Manderley? Hmm. <laughs> well, who do you pick for a uh, king of the south then? Um, or queen. Or queen. I don't I don't want to say Daenerys for that for sure. I actually kind of feel like if I'm not going to Marjorie get... Tyrell. Really? Yeah. Based mostly on the Marjorie from the show. <laughs> Listen, cleavage She's like not... that deserves to be in power. She's just not that interesting in the books yet, but I think uh if they are consulting with George, I'm hoping that they make her more interesting as she is in the show. That's true. She is definitely a better rulership candidate as the show character. Yeah. Um, uh, I I would take Daenerys over anyone else, though, I think. Really? Yeah, like she's a well-intentioned but somewhat crappy ruler. But I think maybe with some, you know, like a Varys or a Littlefinger helping her out, that would help even things out. She would, to- like, Littlefinger would make himself king at some point somehow. Maybe. I feel like she, I don't know. I just I think don't trust him near my royalty. Here's the thing. <laughs> She's got dragons. Dragons are like nukes. If the person with nukes is in power, everyone shuts the fuck up. That's true. They're not. There is a tension of... (laughs) So I think in order for peace to reign, she has to be in charge. Also, I feel like the dragons are going to be like the only thing that can save people from uh, the encroaching winter army. That's true. That is true. Hmm. And that would give her someone to fight that actually is evil that she has none of her moral quandaries about. That's true. Making a much more black and white question. Yeah. Um, and what do you want to see in the last two books? Um, resolutions to plot lines. Um, she, she, Natasha is giving me. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like you eyeballs. keep making these uh, these jibes and it's getting a little bit old. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, it just keeps being similar questions. Um, well, do you want me to skip this question? No. Well, you fine. I just want to make jibes. It. I'm trying to jibe here. <laughs> uh, I want Daenerys to embrace her destiny and like get her dragons and fire and blood it up. I don't care if she has to make some fucked up moral decisions as long as she doesn't uh, try to lock the dragons up and pretend like she's a different person and actually like does stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, I want Arya to go on crazy adventures that eventually bring her back into the main storyline as do you know doing something. Uh, hopefully, like her having to assassinate someone in Westeros and having her personal beliefs and her uh, religious beliefs conflict with each other. Um, what about with John? If he comes back, if John comes back, that shit's crazy. <laughs> um, it would be nice to get like some sort of unifying, like uh, uh, Red God, Melisandre, people coming back from the dead, um, uh, Blood Raven, like sort of a storyline that kind of ties together some of the magical elements and lets okay. us kind of. I don't want him to like reveal everything and like this happens to this and then this is this, but I would like a little bit more exploration into like, I think there's a nice mythical story there. Okay. Like I feel like Bran's story took a real mythical turn where it got like, not like necessarily fairy tale but like 
a hero's journey and like these weird omens and like all these strange things happening and i wouldn't mind another story that brings in some more of those elements okay i see i love like the politics and stuff but when you're not doing that i'd rather have like Brand story than say like Brienne's story as far as journeys of people looking for stuff. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I like part of okay. So this is a very popular theory that Daenerys is going to come to Westeros. She's going to find out about the Walkers and fly on her dragon and meet Jon Snow, who's going to be brought back to life in fire somehow by Mel- Melisandre, and then they're going to be like falling in love and united by fire somehow and then it's just the worst to me like if he does that i'll just so not respect him anymore as a writer i just think like anybody who says that john and daenerys are like their one true pairing i just kind of want to slap and be like you know what go back to reading your fairy tales this is not for you they have a lot in common they do and that's why it would be such a bad marriage like the two of them ruling are both just such bad communicators and just so like Oh, bullheaded would... it would be the worst combination can you just imagine the fights they would have just as a couple <laughs> where Daenerys is like hey how are we gonna pay for this new thing and he, John's like don't worry about it I gotta figure it out right speaking of which I just don't see it and she likes guys who are kind of douches so I just don't see her going for John that much like John's uh, John's a dick in how he like handles leadership but he's not a douchebag so I think that she would go for somebody that's way like more offensive as a person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, John's like a mean dad when he gets his douchebag on. Yeah, fair. He's like, I'm doing this for your own good. And Daenerys likes guys who are like, yeah, I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what I've been doing lately. Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, right? <laughs> Perfect. Listen, I'm not saying I wasn't doing coke last night. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I would want. Like, I it's weird. It's funny to me because you're so all about like have Daenerys come to Westeros with her dragons and fire and blood, and I'm more like, I would really enjoy Daenerys coming to Westeros with her dragons, and she gets there and somebody else steps forward and all three of her dragons are like mom and goes to that person because <laughs> she was just meant to bring the dragons oh. to someone else. I like that way better. Oh, oh, if what? it were like if. Arya put Daenerys's face on at one point and just like became mother of dragons herself that'd be pretty amazing I like this theory uh Daenerys comes to Westeros with the dragons starts like taking over shit gets assassinated dragons lose their fucking minds and just start like flying around on like and just becomes a world where like dragons run shit and you hope that you don't get fucking killed from the sky that sounds really boring um no everyone's still fighting with each other they just also have to worry about randomized dragon attack i guess Eh, i'm not behind it great well then screw your idea too (laughs) it's just like i don't know just the dragons not being controlled by anybody doesn't seem I don't know. It's just not as interesting. Well, I think after that, there'd have to be some like attempt to. We have the horn, them. supposedly. Yeah. I think Daenerys probably needs that horn to get shit under. Yeah, control. I, mean, I really wonder about that and how she's like, if she will burn from the inside from it. No, I think it's a Targaryen Valerian thing. Yeah. Okay. If anyone can. Um. Next is Kevin Boone. 
Hey guys, an interesting theory I don't see talked about much on Reddit or Westeros.org is about Aaron Greyjoy. Dan Pear is a very religious man and was so sure Victorian would sit on the Seastone chair and pledge that he'd rouse the people against Euron. So my theory is that Aaron somehow confuses the drowned god for the others and is the one who brings them south of the wall. That's a crazy theory. One of the main reasons I feel like he'll have something to do with the others is because the drowned god's religious words are all about dying and rising. And he's such a stern believer that I can see him mistaking that for proof of his god's power. We hear from his drowned men that Aaron is off looking for a way to conjure the drowned god's wrath upon Euron. An army of dead warriors would do pretty well, I'd think. On the forums, I've read that in readings of The Winds of Winter... George R. R. Martin listed a damp hair chapter as an option and mentioned how, quote, twisted it was. Maybe it's about him teaming up with the others in some way. Also, consider Patchface talking about the water stuff. Maybe somehow he's, like, connected to Drowned God's religion some way. I think he says stuff specifically about the dead underwater about the dead underwater and things rising out of water. Here are quotes from the Westeros.org wiki. In the dark, the dead are dancing. Under the sea, the mermen feast on starfish soup, and all the serving men are crabs. Wait, Under the, that's not a... Yeah. Under the sea, the crows are as white as snow. Away, away, come with me beneath the sea. I will lead it. We will march into the sea and out again. Under the waves, we will ride seahorses, and mermaids will blow seashells to announce our coming. Under the sea, men marry fishes. It all seems pretty god-drowny to me. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty airtight, dude. I don't know what the discussion is <laughs> even about. And he will lead it? Wait a minute. He is the drowned god. Nailed it. And there's the dead things in the water letter that John gets, too. I know it's super tinfoily, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Thanks. P.S. Your podcast is awesome. Oh, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, I'm not against... It seems like a little bit of a stretch, but... It seems like a humongous giant stretch, but sure. sure. I like the idea of zombie... I I don't know if I see Euron going... Or not Euron, but... Um, Aaron. Aaron. Dampair. Dampair. Dampfear, as I like to Damn call Dampfear, yeah. Uh, going to get the others, but I could see if they just start washing up on the, out of the ocean onto the Iron Islands, which mm. if they're in the water, maybe that could happen. Interesting. I mean, people in Seattle are getting parts of the Fukushima reactors uh, washing up on there. Are they? No, it's actually it's debris from um, the tsunami. Not oh, actual... I was going to say, that's fucking not good. But they had like a dock wash up like from Japan, like was, you know, like fairly intact. So Great. I could see uh, if you get a bunch of white walkers into the sea or whites, probably white walkers. I don't know if they like water. They might be able to like freeze it if they walk on it. Yeah, or maybe they're like uh, traditional, you know, they can't cross the stream type. Hmm. I don't know. I could definitely see the zombies just floating like a big uh, fucking pile of seaweed until they hit <laughs> land. Uh, I like that idea. All right. I'm down with that. Or, um, you know, if one of those slave ships that picked up a bunch of people somehow gets attacked or... Oh, and it's like full of zombies by the time it gets. Yeah, it. Oh, it's, I don't think the zombies so cool. can communicate that themselves, but I don't know exactly how it works. Interesting. That's a crazy theory. So it's like a ship that's like ship crewed by White Walkers. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be so insane. And by crewed, they just kind of bop around in there until it washes up somewhere. I want undead kraken. Also, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. 
All right. I think, let's see, we're at 51 minutes here. So I'm going to do one more. Okay. And uh, then I think we can call it a day for, for right now. This is from Tyler. He says, hello there. I think this resource from Song of Ice and Fire subreddit is a great start for theories to go over. Yeah. Well, I clicked on that shit and there are so, so, so many. We could legitimately continue this podcast as is for Song of Ice and Fire theory. And it would be totally legit to do for like another year <laughs> that's how much shit there is to talk about song and ice of, of ice and fire theory 101 right um he says some not there i think would be would be good to go over would be that quentin may represent an anti-trope going against the basic role of the hero which george r, r. martin tends to like to do with a lot of fantasy tropes i think that's fair just have the guy be like yeah he's the underdog who's gonna sit nope not nah, he died i yeah but for <laughs> that i want Kind of what I was getting at before is like it feels like if you're going to set him up as a, a failed hero, make him seem a little bit more like a hero to begin with. And then it would be a surprise when he fails. Yeah. yeah I or think fair. if he's going to be like kind of a mope who is never going to be a hero. I don't know. For some reason, it just sits wrong with me that because he's boring and then he f- dies. Like be interesting and die or be boring and Help. accidentally succeed at least or something i don't know yeah I or get just that. don't be boring i guess like you don't he could be they could make him as or more incompetent but still have made him more interesting okay another one i think we all can enjoy with the right amount of tinfoil is that Roos Bolton, a.k.a. Roosie B, a.k.a. <laughs> father of the bastard of the Dreadfort, bastard! is some kind of immortal who practices <laughs> dark arts within his why? castle and would explain why he isn't too worried about having a proper heir. I don't really believe it, but I think any discussion of our pink-clad hero is fun, so why not? Uh, He's a sorcerer! Because of his ice chip eyes? Yeah. Uh, I all do- of the life has been leached out of them over the years. All of the life. What is that? It's a really bad Kanye song I'm trying to <laughs> channel through my heart. Um, I uh, I don't think that's true. I like the idea of the Boltons actually being like secret blood sorcerers because it has the word blood sorcerer in the <laughs> sentence, but it doesn't really check out with what actually is happening. I say we go for it. I'm, I've, I've decided to believe this. And every um, time that we read from now on these books, that's what I'm going to always bring the conversation back to. <laughs> it's like, is, this is a, a Sansa chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated to the theories of the books, one theory about Brendan... He says Brandon. Sorry if I spelled it wrong. You did. It's Brendan, not B-R- Brandon, but that's fine. I had, uh, when I started listening to the show, was that he was heavily into comedy and or studied improv due to the way his jokes came off. Just thought it was an odd thing I noticed and turned out to be true. So hooray for me and my expert sleuthing. Which is funny because when we first started the show, you hadn't started improv yet. Yeah, I was still heavily into comedy, but um, uh, last October, is when, or last November is when I started doing improv. Yeah. He says, related to comedy, though, one of you mentioned having Paul F. Tompkins on the show as a little ah. throwaway sidebar, but I thought that would be pretty awesome if you guys ever did that, and he seems to enjoy doing podcasts, so maybe one day, please. <laughs> uh, that is how, yeah, Paul F. Tompkins is my fucking favorite. 
Um, and he does a bajillion podcasts, but we don't know him. We tweeted at him asking once and he just never replied. So, which is, you know, it probably gets a lot next time. He's, we do live in his, the city of his birth. So if he comes back, uh, we will attack him on the street <laughs> and offer him. If you guys all tweet at him and kind of pressure him and be like, Hey, these people are huge fans of yours and they're awesome and up to your level and not just kind of boring creeps who just happen to have a podcast, even though that may be true. Uh, he may, he may cave. That's a long tweet. That's a, yeah, you can cut it down. Make sure to leave all of the, uh, vowels out and just type the consonants <laughs> yeah. and it'll be fine. If I got that tweet, I'd be like, this is the, this is crazy. <laughs> Do not want Marcus spam. Uh, then he finishes anyway. Love the show. Love you guys. And keep up the awesome work. Regards from Maryland, Tyler. Hey, Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. All right. We have so much to cover. We still have so much to cover. Holy motherfucking what. There, I, I only got through like three pages of this Word document that I pasted together. And there's about 14 pages yeah. left. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if we have extras, we'll find a way to do them somehow it's so funny because i was like at the beginning of this thinking oh are we going to be able to have enough to talk about in interviews and like you know yeah no we'll be fine okay good these are so bonkers some of these theories it's going to be crazy (laughs) i'm normally a big like follow the money guy but there's doesn't work on these nope because there's no money doesn't matter (laughs) um all right well i guess we'll uh do an eagle high five eagle high five Thanks for listening to this conspiratorial Unspoiled. You can find us online at unspoiledpodcast.com. Search us out on Twitter at Unspoiled Show. Find us in a dark alley of facebook.com slash unspoiledpod. And leave us a rating and a review on iTunes just because the books are over. It doesn't mean that we're gone. We'll see you next episode. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.